It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. And hopefully you can hear me this morning. I'm actually in something that's called a mobile studio. That would mean that I am not in the WGN studios, and I'm doing this from a moving vehicle due to the time zone difference of where I am from Chicago. So I'm reporting from the field, and hopefully this comes through loud and clear. First topic this morning, big news. Big news is that Senator John Bozeman of Arkansas, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, Roger Marshall of Kansas, and Angus King of Maine, have introduced bipartisan legislation to modernize the federal duck stamp program and allow individuals to fully utilize their electronic duck stamps. Wow. We've actually entered the 21st century when it comes to acquiring federal duck stamps. This is a, let's hope it happens. The federal duck stamp program has raised over $1.1 billion for wetlands conservation since it was started in 1935. And you could argue, and I will, that it's the single most effective conservation program that we've ever had or are likely to have. Because 98 cents on the dollar are required to go to habitat. When Ding Darling set this up in 1935 with the help of industrialists such as Walter Chrysler and Max McGraw and others... They were very concerned. Now, remember, 35, we're in the midst of the Depression. We're in the midst of the Dust Bowl, and waterfowl populations are crashing. So it was waterfowl hunters who saw the huge problem, and they wanted to do something about it, and they wanted to introduce the federal duck stamp program for a dollar a stamp. Today it's $25, and it, frankly, should be a lot higher. But they didn't trust the government. And Ding Darling, who was running what is today the equivalent of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, the great cartoonist, he said, we can get this passed. Congress will pass this. But business individuals felt it would be viewed as a tax, and therefore they weren't going to agree to a tax on themselves that the government could just go have access to the funds. Sound familiar? So... They agreed and they worked out a deal, the business leaders and conservation leaders worked out a deal that 98 cents of every dollar of revenue raised had to go directly into the ground for wetlands conservation to benefit waterfowl. Obviously, it benefits all kinds of wildlife, as Ducks Unlimited so well points out with their work in wetlands conservation, that it benefits everything we value coming from wetlands, including water which is the single most important thing that comes from wetlands. So they passed the bill. And now here we are, nearly 100 years later, not quite, and it's raised over $1 billion, which means that about a billion dollars has gone into the ground directly without any overhead. It's a phenomenal success. What's been difficult is two things. Having the duck stamp price be raised and then having this be a seamless electronic uh, process. So the uh, electronic process will enable you finally to buy your federal duck stamp online without having to go to the post office, 
You can do it in some places now, but this would allow anybody uh, that they can fully utilize their electronic stamp at any time without having to go to a post office to get it. And you may, those of you who have been buying stamps for a long time may remember that you have to go to the post office and you stand in line. And by the way, good luck in Chicago, going to the Chicago post office and saying, I'd like to buy a federal duck stamp. They look at you. What are you talking about? They send you to somewhere else. They, they make phone calls. I remember very well the days when you would go into the post office and they get on the phone and they start calling around to other post offices to find out who had duck stamps. It was a ridiculous process. And the world moved to electronics a long time ago. The federal duck stamp program did not. And I think it's pretty clear that it uh, caused a lot of difficulty in buying stamps, caused a lot of people not to buy stamps. And now we're finally maybe moving it to a point where uh, it'll be very easy, seamless to get your federal duck stamp online. And it will be something you never have to have another printed duck stamp. Of course, there's always opposition to these kind of things. Uh, the opposition is, in this case, artists think it's a terrible idea. Federal Duck Stamp Program, which has also been one of the great art uh, awards in the, in the sporting art world, and, and actually art world for a long time, uh, has raised, has made a lot of money for artists. It used to be, if you won the Federal Duck Stamp Program, it was pretty much worth a million dollars to you each year from just the sale of prints. Well, that market dried up 30 years ago, and today the federal duck stamp winners uh, operate in relative obscurity. There's really very little economic advantage to winning a duck stamp other than it's great for your name, and you might be commissioned to do some paintings, but it's nothing like it was when Wild Wings and Bill Webster were printing well, tens of thousands of duck stamp prints every year with the artist receiving uh, money from each stamp. I, I think some of the collections of duck stamp prints actually went up to 30000 or more. Uh, so it was extremely lucrative. That day is behind us. And when we move to a fully electronic uh, sale of duck stamps, which we're headed to, thank goodness, there really will be no market anymore. And therefore, there's, other than prestige, which is important, there will be very little demand for duck stamp prints. So the artist industry is the loser in modern technology, but all of us who buy duck stamps are the winners. And the other thing this will do is it'll enable individuals from around the world, but particularly America, who want to support wetlands conservation to be able to buy a federal duck stamp by simply going online, pushing a button, and paying $25. I can assure you, it is the best $25 that can be spent for conservation. They're selling about a million duck stamps a year right now, which is down significantly. Uh, the peak numbers were over 2 million in uh, about 50 years ago, and it's been going down ever since. And 50 years ago, lots of people didn't buy duck stamps. Today, you pre pretty much everyone does. So the market of people actually using them for hunting has been cut in about half uh, from where it was. And there's been a push over time to keep increasing the rate of duck stamps because everything goes up, particularly now. So $25 a duck stamp does not raise anywhere near, in real terms, the money it raised when, say, a duck stamp was 5 or $10 uh, 
40 or 50 years ago. So it is a step in the positive direction. It's great to see. And let's hope that this bill passes and that you'll be able, whether you duck hunt or not, but you want to support wetlands conservation, you'll simply be able to push a button and away you'll go and you'll have contributed to conservation. And if you're hunting, you have a electronic stamp. And the other thing about electronic stamps that is, is so absurd is that you have, I mean, a regular duck stamp is that you have to sign your duck stamp. So think about this. You buy a license, you put the duck stamp on the back of your license, and you're required to sign it. If you don't sign it, you get a ticket for having an invalid duck stamp. It is one of the most archaic and, frankly, backward laws that we've ever had. The idea was, well, individuals needed to sign their duck stamp so that they couldn't give a duck stamp to a friend tomorrow, use it today, never put it on their hunting license, and give it to somebody else tomorrow. I doubt very many people ever did that. And once you affix it to your license, it's pretty much there. And yet, I have no idea, but a surprisingly large number of tickets over the years have been sold to individuals who did not sell their, not sign their duck stamps. I personally know a good friend of mine who was hunting with me in Mississippi some 25 years ago. He came out of the field. He was checked by a warden. He hadn't signed his federal duck stamp, which he had stuck on his license at midnight the night before because I handed it to him and I bought it at the post office. It was a $250 fine. And uh, he had an attorney to stop him from having to return to Mississippi to appear in person in court. So hopefully this electronic issuance of licenses will also stop the need to have you sign your license. I'll be back in just a moment. Well, I'm going to talk about this water deal that is pending. It's not a deal. It's actually a, a water war that's uh, about to happen in the West as the Biden administration very appropriately, is finally dealing with the allocation of Western water and and who's going to receive less water and why. Uh, I'll tell you a lot more about that in the next few minutes. But first of all, we're going to have a message from our longtime sponsors and our great sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. You're listening to Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720. When sunrise is your alarm clock, life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Thanks for listening. This is Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio. As I comment at the beginning of the show, hopefully the remainder of the show goes well because I'm in a mobile studio this morning talking to you from location. So earlier this week, the Biden administration uh, moved closer to imposing unprecedented cuts in how much water Arizona, California, Nevada, 
can pull from the vastly over-appropriated water of the Colorado River, and it raises the possibility that these reductions could be distributed in ways that contradict or go against long-standing water rights that favor powerful agricultural interests. This is huge news. It's something that we should have dealt with, frankly, 60 years ago. Every single administration since the, really the 1960s has known that the growth in the West is unsustainable when it comes to water, just like the Ogagala, uh Reservoir in Nebraska is being depleted and other reservoirs are being depleted of water. The Colorado River has had water claims filed on it for well, almost 100 years or maybe more. Far more water has been claimed and awarded than actually exists. Colorado River doesn't even make it anymore to the Sea uh, Cortez and doesn't even doesn't even make it there. So the uh, idea that the Biden administration is going to tackle this is frankly great news. Now it's not great news if you are in agriculture because it looks like it's possible that the Department of Interior, which is responsible for this, is going to come up with a set of criteria that would change water laws in the West. And it's going to cut water. There's no question. They are going to cut water. And all you're hearing about recently is the tremendous amount of snow in the West and all the flooding and these reservoirs are filling. And thank goodness, what we've done is buy ourselves some time. Because could you imagine if we had had another drought winter, what Lake Mead or Lake Powell would look like? They're barely flowing any water now. They would, they would not have flown any water, likely flowed any water, likely later this summer. Other reservoirs were dried up. We would have had a, 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 an absolute catastrophe. So what we've done is we have delayed this catastrophe somewhat. So that the by we haven't delayed it. Mother Nature delayed it for us. And anyone who takes credit for the amount of water that suddenly has happened in the West uh, should be easily dismissed because it had nothing to do with anything we have done. It had nothing to do with water conservation. It simply has to do with the fact that we have had an epic, absolutely epic year of precipitation across the American West. So the idea is that the seven states of the Colorado River Basin had not been able, no surprise, to reach an agreement among themselves to make major cuts to protect the water resources and reservoirs. Well, should any of us think that seven states are going to agree as to how much of a reduction each state's going to get. That is complete. I mean, it would be great, but there's no way that California is going to cede water to Arizona or that Nevada is going to take less water. And Arizona, which has exploded and probably is the most at risk. You hear about agriculture in California, but quite likely Arizona is, is the state that has the biggest water problems. Uh, if, if it continues to grow as it is. So they couldn't agree. That's no surprise. So on the table are three options. The Department of Interior will decide later this year. One option would follow water rights and give priority to farming regions in California, such as the Imperial Valley, which uh, basically is where a lot of our produce comes from, over a $2 billion, $3 billion industry coming out of the Imperial Valley alone. We want to see the price of vegetables go sky high. Well, dry up a lot of the Imperial Valley. Um, it would 
Under that scenario, it would keep the Imperial Valley and California's agricultural water rights and substantially decrease the water supply of Phoenix and Los Angeles, um, and they would be reduced enormously, which would cause to humans uh, every day a big change in life. No watering of gardens, no watering of lawns, probably days you can't shower, things like that. Uh, The other option, and the one I think is most likely, is going to be to take water cuts across the board and reduce them disproportionately. Agriculture is going to take a bigger haircut, while urban areas are not going to take as big a haircut. This is going to set off a lobbying war in the next six months, the likes of which probably we haven't seen. You won't hear a lot about it in Chicago or the Midwest because we think, oh, it doesn't affect us. This affects us hugely. The price of groceries will be determined to a large extent. Produce, particularly, will be determined by what happens here. So we better pay close attention to it. If you want to have a sustainable agricultural supply in America, it's important that agriculture continue to have its water rights in the American West. I mean, in California, particularly. I'm not talking about alfalfa and Utah and Arizona and places like that, or cotton in Arizona. I'm talking about water that grows a large part of America's produce. It's easier for urban areas to reduce water than it is for agriculture, which feeds the world. But they're going to make a decision. The supply is going to be cut potentially by as much as 15%, could be more than 15%. The third option is they do nothing, as this proposal says. Doing nothing is is absolutely not an option at all, um, according to everyone who's involved. And, and so they are going to, the Biden administration is going to take action. And the interesting thing here is California, in particular, which is the biggest water-using state, is obviously a state, and this has never been a political show, is obviously a state which has been voting Democratic for a long time now. And uh, the Biden administration, if they, no matter what they do, they are going to really anger a large constituency. So we'll see what happens. But my guess is some point before the fall, there will be a decision by the Department of Interior, and it will it'll spin people's heads. In the meantime, lobbyists are going to get rich because a lot of people are involved in feeding off this government trough, lobbyists being first and foremost. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. I'll be back next week with much more on The Great Outdoors Show. This is Charlie Potter, the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN.